if all your CSMs are the same, how do you match the best person to the right customer? And I think that's so, so, so important to have a diverse team. Mm -hmm. And definitely when we hire, we always need to think about, okay, that person, they have the skills, but do they bring something new to the team? What can we learn from them when they are joining the team? Welcome to NPS I Love You, a podcast powered by Catalyst. I'm your host, Ben Wynn, and this show is all about awesome people, ideas, and stories, all with a customer success twist. On NPS I Love You, I talk to everyone, from artists to scientists, CEOs to CSMs, and everyone in between, to give you powerful insights that will help you in your career and in life. Nir Fogel leads the high-touch CS team at Monday.com for North America. Monday.com, of course, offers collaboration applications to help employees run and track processes and projects, and it's repeatedly ranked as one of the best collaboration software on the market. Today, Nir and I spoke about giving and receiving feedback, the importance of diversity on CS teams, and how to effectively scale while maintaining a team culture people love. So Monday.com is obviously all about facilitating teamwork, and there are two sides to teamwork. There's the tooling side, so you can have Monday.com or, or any other collaboration tool to help your team work well together. But then there's the human side of teamwork, and that's what I want to dig more into today with you. So my first question, because it can get pretty uncomfortable, as I've heard from many friends and experienced personally, uh, is about feedback. So giving and receiving feedback is obviously very important. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. But for many teams, it's an ongoing struggle around how to give feedback, receive feedback, the context, all that kind of stuff. So I'm curious to know what challenges you've seen and maybe a little bit about what you do with your team to, to give them constructive feedback. You know, the challenge is very, very clear. People just don't like to share constructive feedback. It's not fun. Yeah. But it's so, so, so important. So I think definitely, you know, as leaders, we need to, first of all, create that environment that people can feel secured, both from the management side and from the employee side. And it's easier said than done. It's like, uh, if you don't focus on that, it's it's very easily you can create an environment that feedback is not shared between teams and it's all behind the scenes. And this is like a very bad situation. Mm -hmm. So I think it's all about creating the environment. Now, how do we create the environment? I would say, first of all, talk about it a lot, making sure that you go ahead and you you put it as something that is very important. So for example, when I joined monday.com, the first thing I did is like one-on-one -on -one with my team, right? So in that one-on-one, -on -one, what I did is like spending five minutes talking about feedback, why it is important and why we need to talk about it and why I cannot be a good manager without getting feedback and without sharing feedback. Mm -hmm. Now, this is not enough. Like if I just do, you know, that kind of pitch in one on one, it's not enough. Then I need to take actions and making sure that people feel safe to share feedback. And I think the biggest thing there is about when you get a feedback from the employee, you need to listen to it, change your mind. Right. Like if, the, if you just get the, the feedback, you listen to it and that's it. And employees start to lose trust on their ability to actually make an impact with that feedback. They will just give up and not share the feedback anymore. Definitely. So we need to be in a position where we listen to the feedback and, and make the adjustment based on that. And then people feel comfortable. I remember uh, it really stood out to me when, at a previous role when sort of earlier on, but I gave our CEO some some direct feedback and it wasn't anything, you know, you're a terrible person or anything that was you know, coming for his character, but it was just, you know, you do this thing, it has this effect on the team that I've noticed. I would suggest 
doing this for the next time and seeing if it, if it has an improvement. And I don't think he quite understood, but he tried what I said and, and it made a huge difference. And then for me, that was a signal that, okay, he listened, he took action, it had a positive result. So I'm going to keep giving more of this. And yeah. we ended up having this amazing two-way <laughs> uh, feed, feedback relationship. Let, let me ask you a question. Did you get the credit for, for you know, bringing that idea and, you know, it worked for him? Not, well, not publicly, not that I needed it publicly, but in our next session, you know, I said, I noticed you did this. And he said, yeah, I, I felt the energy was different. That was a great suggestion. Keep yeah. them coming. So one thing that I thought makes a lot of sense is when it works, when you get the feedback, you actually change things, adjust to according to the feedback, give the credit back to the employee. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, they know, okay, I, I brought a good advice, it worked, and I got the credit. It's kind of like closing the loop, mm -hmm. and it motivates that specific employee to do it again, and also other employees. And I think that's kind of like building the environment around uh, feedback. I definitely see that that would create a safe space for employees to give, let's say, their manager's feedback. How do you go about ensuring that you don't damage your relationship with your team by giving them direct feedback? Yeah, that's a good question. And, you know, for every leader, it's always kind of like those kind of hard conversations. Mm -hmm. I would say, I think, first of all, you know, most of the time we're very happy with our employees, right? Most of them are, are good. They are doing good things. And we kind of like forget, we take it for granted. We just forget to give them the positive feedback. Right. And I'm not a big fan of like sharing positive feedback and then constructive feedback on the same discussion. But I think that most of the time everything is good, right? So we should remember to share that positive feedback, to give them the recognition. Then once we are ready to go ahead and share constructive feedback, we are in a better position to do that. And everything should be real. We just have to share what you think when it's good and when it's not good. So I think this is, uh, this is very important. And I, and I think it's a lot about relationship and building the trust. And when you create that kind of environment of feedback going back and forth, so I can get a feedback from you, I learn from you as much as you learn from me, and you don't come as like a leader, I know everything, and this is how you should do things. That's a great environment where you, people, you know, feel comfortable getting feedback. Mm -hmm. and, and I think in many cases, sharing feedback is about helping them to improve. And everybody should feel that the feedback is not just for sharing the feedback. There is like, I'm here to help you. Uh, so I would start with like, you know, simple things that can, can be improved right away mm -hmm. and not just sharing a feedback, high level feedback that, you know, I'm not satisfied with something. Right. And then the employee can see that, you know, you have you can help them actually solve problems and, and be better. So that makes a lot of sense. I think tying it to, you know, their personal development goals, or even if you know, they want to get promoted, or they want to get something else, and you know, there's a core skill set that they'll need in order to be in that new role, tying feedback to those long term goals can be extremely effective and, and, and a way of showing that you're on their side, and it's, it's helping them, it's not meant to, you know, be coming for them. And I think in customer success, it's like if you compare it to sales, it's harder. You don't have those like hard numbers that you can say, okay, this CSM is doing a, a good job. This one is doing a great job. Mm -hmm. And that's a challenge we always have. And I think in money.com, what we're doing, we every quarter we sit together, all the leaders, and we think about the KPIs, what are the targets we give, and the targets should be always aligned with the situation. And we need to make sure that the whole department, the CSMs, the leadership, we all believe that the KPIs, the targets, they make sense. And if they don't make sense, just go ahead and change them. And we, I, I can tell you that we invest a lot of time modifying those targets 
uh, manually for people because then we, we can be in a, in a position that people trust the target and we can use it as feedback. Right. We also uh, came up with a new kind of career path plan for CSMs and within it we have the competencies and we keep on looking at the competencies and it's very kind of organized and it gives us the framework to have those discussions and then we can you know get into the details so definitely a challenge for every leader definitely can you remember the last time you could tell that someone on your team wanted to give you feedback or was maybe a little nervous or, or holding something back and how did you approach it it always happens at the beginning. Like when you join a new team, you take the lead on, on a new team. People just don't know if they can share the feedback, what kind of a reaction will be tied to it. So yeah, when I joined Monday, I, I felt like one of my, uh, of the CSM on the team, just, I felt like kind of like dissatisfaction and I didn't understand exactly what the problem is. I think it's a lot of, you know, don't give up as a leader, you know, go ahead, have those discussions. I didn't feel comfortable to actually ask the question about like, what's wrong? Tell me, tell me what's wrong. I felt like it's not there yet and we don't have that kind of relationship yet. Mm -hmm. But I did want to have discussions around everything, ask, ask good questions, go ahead and try to drill down into different directions until you get those hints of what's wrong. In that case, it was all about like work-life balance and too much pressure, too much uh, on, on their plate. Right. And I think once you analyze that, that's the direction you can drill down with more good questions. But the most important is take actions, actually help the employee and take the challenge and turn it into an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Because then if you show as a leader that you can help the employee solve the problem and you can be there for them, then you, you build that kind of relationship for the long term. It's a great example and it's a great point because it goes beyond just feedback, having that sort of transparency when employees can share with you that, you know, work-life balance is, is out of sync and they need to take a mental health day, they need to spend more time with their family, something has to change or they're going to, you know, go insane. I think that's, that's critical. And so it goes beyond just feedback. It's about just having that transparency in general with your team. Yeah. And I think those days with COVID, uh, we put so much pressure on our employees. You know, it's like uh, customers are, are in, in a different situation. The organizations are in different. We, we cannot hire as, as fast as we wanted and stuff like that. And we put more pressure on our employees mm -hmm. and we need to be aware of that. And, and if we have that kind of like open loop of feedback, open window for it. So that's that's going to help us to walk around those challenges. Nice. For employees or for people at companies who might not have such open-minded, transparent managers like yourself, um, <laughs> where maybe they want to give their manager feedback, but they don't feel that safety, they don't have that culture, what would you advise that, that they do sort of as a first step? Yeah, I think I have like two different uh, tips I can give. First of all, let's let just start small. Don't go with the like, most aggressive kind of like <laughs> feedback. Start with something that is minor and see how the manager reacts. Usually managers, they... They, open, they are very receptive to feedback and everything will be okay. And then you start working on that muscle. Mm -hmm. You have like a minor feedback, another one. You start to build the confidence and the relationship with the manager and it works. If that doesn't work, I think instead of sharing the feedback, let's share what you feel about sharing feedback. Like I think that discussion around, you know, I want to share feedback, but I don't feel comfortable or stuff like that. Just being very open around that, I think that can prepare the manager to get the feedback in a better way. And also you can, you know, set the expectations that this is like a sensitive feedback. And I think that can build the relationship and the trust between the manager and the employee. Nice. I think those are, those are two great points. 
So changing gears a little bit, uh, let's talk about growth because Monday.com has been growing very quickly and you've been leading the growth on that CS team. Team culture, which is obviously tied to what we've been speaking about, is going to evolve. It's going to change as you grow. It's, it's almost unavoidable. So my question is, should leaders try to steer their team culture and try to be very intentional about what it's going to be and where it goes as people join? Or should it just kind of come through naturally as people join the team and sort of bring their different je ne sais quoi to the, to the mix? I think the answer is like very clear, definitely. I think managers should pay attention to culture and making sure that it, it goes to the right direction. And culture is so important. When we talk about culture, there is no like right or wrong culture. It's like what works better for, for the company and for the team. But I think as a manager, you don't want just, you know, to let it be blown by the wind to different directions. And uh, I would definitely put time on it, think about it, create the opportunities to, you know, to adjust it to the right direction. I think it's too important just to neglect it. Yeah, I agree. And kind of along that similar vein, there's another topic that has come up a lot more over the past couple of years in terms of reframing culture fit as culture ads. So, you know, not looking for people that are the same as everyone else you've hired, but looking for people that'll bring something new to the organization and to the team. So curious to know sort of your thoughts on, on the difference between those two and how leaders should think about growing their team, because obviously you want people that will fit in with the group that will, you know, work well together, but not necessarily be the same. So how do you strike that balance? Yeah, that's a very good one. I think it takes me to how I see customer success in overall. And I always tell everybody that I see customer success, something that is kind of new, like 25 years ago, we didn't know what customer success is. And it's complicated. There are a lot of different nuances, a lot of different types of customers. And it's there are a lot of uh, interactions with the customers, building relationship with different stakeholders, internally and externally. We have a lot of different things. And it takes me back to your question. I think if we don't have a diverse team, so we can never have that culture of continuously learning from each other, continuously growing, also adopting the, you know, having the best match between the CSM and the customer. If all your CSMs are the same, how do you match the best person to the right customer? And I think that's so, so, so important to have a diverse team. Mm -hmm. And definitely when we hire, we always need to think about, okay, that person, they have the skills, but do they bring something new to the team? What can we learn from them when they are joining the team? And that's a question we always ask. And I think it's so important to add more and more skills. And every every hire we have, we see you know a lot of value that is being added to the team, which is amazing. I love that. And I think you made a great point about, you know if you're gonna be going deep with your customer relationships and managing a wide, diverse uh, variety of customers, then your team has to reflect that. Your team has to be able to work well with them. So in, in terms of even figuring out who you're, which CSMs you're going to pair with which customers, it will serve you in the best, definitely, in the long run to have a really diverse team that can, you know, have a diverse set of skills. Maybe they've got industry expertise. Maybe they've got expertise in something completely unrelated to work, but that, you know, has to do with that client and being able to make those matches is incredibly important. Yeah, definitely. We just matched... Uh a guy that we have on the team that lives in uh, Florida with his favorite basketball team, the Miami Heat. <laughs> nice. And that was like a great ma That's match. That's amazing. Like if, if we didn't have that, you know, 
uh, Miami Heat uh, fan on the team, we couldn't do it. So nice. Uh, that's part of the diversity. I love that. That's a, that's a great example. I can't wait until we have uh, we're gonna have Tinder for CS teams at some point soon, where you're gonna have to swipe through your customers and see which ones you match with. <laughs> wow, that's that's a good idea. Maybe we should start a new one, a new company for that. All right, you you and I will quit our jobs today and, and get going on that. <laughs> so. Continuing on the discussion around team building, obviously, you know, having a cohesive team culture is very important. And we've talked a little bit about why having diverse team is really important to customer success. What makes a CS team unique on the cohesion side? Why is having a cohesive team so important for customer success teams? So as I mentioned before, I think we, we must continue to learn all the time. It's complicated. You know, products are getting more uh, configurable and flexible and complicated. Customers come with more and more and more demand. The interactions within the company is complicated. How do you interact with product? How do you interact with sales, with marketing, with uh, support? You know, it's complicated and we need to build that kind of culture that we keep on learning all the time and we cannot do it if we don't work together like if we are a bunch of individuals if we see it like uh you know csm with the book of business that's what they need to do and go figure it out that's not going to work they need to work together all the time in order to keep on improving mm -hmm. and i think that's key that's like uh, we cannot succeed without it we can be okay we can be good but we cannot be excellent so that's why i think it's very important when we talk about customer success Excellent. I think that's that's fantastic. And specifically at Monday.com right now, you are scaling your customer success function, which is no easy task. So I'm curious, what aspect of that growth are you most nervous about? Definitely that's part of teamwork. So it's very easy to build that kind of teamwork when you have five, six people on the team, you work together, especially pre-COVID where we were <laughs> together in the office. That was yeah. so easy. 14 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Seems like so far away. And I think when you grow to like 30, 40, 50 people on the, on the CSM team, how do you continue with that kind of uh, teamwork, kind of culture and environment that people actually work together? And I can tell you that as leaders at Money.com, we are investing a lot of time in you know, finding the opportunities to let people work together, making sure it's important for everybody. Sometimes we can see that this is going down a little bit. People don't share enough things. People don't brainstorm together. And we kind of like, we need to work on it to, to wake them up again and making sure we build it again. And we create a lot of, you know, opportunities to work together. It's not only like having like one kind of team meeting every week and maybe share some use cases. That's good, but that's not enough. We want people to actually work together to get to know each other. Mm -hmm. So we have like a board where people share their challenges and, and all the company can help them to uh, achieve success with it or to learn from them. We have those peer-to-peer -peer reviews where we listen to each other's videos and we, we kind of like roast them with feedback. Um, but more than that, sometimes we pair two CSMs on the same account. That sometimes it's kind of like weird, mm -hmm. but that's very interesting. And we see great success in taking an account. Usually those are the strategic accounts. And we put two CSMs together on the account to work together. And it's amazing. You see how much they learn from each other and how they can bring different, different types of uh, value to that uh, discussion with the customer. We also have a lot of side projects and we always, when there is like a side project, we want to build a new process. We want to think how to optimize something. We always pair people together to work. It's not only like, hey, we have like a happy hour together. That's not enough. They need to work together and to see how they can help each other. Yeah. And of course, mentoring is part of it. And, um, you know, we have the body program with uh, new employees and all that. So we invest in finding those opportunities 
to allow people to work together, especially when we grow like that in such a fast uh, pace. I love that you just dropped like 50 fantastic ideas that people can take. Yeah. So the line that I'm drawing between all of them is that there's a lot of intention behind this. There's a lot of structure, there's a lot of time being dedicated to doing this. So my follow-up question is just how are you personally structuring your time then uh, to fit all this in? Because it sounds like a lot it's definitely a lot of work, but at the same time that you're planning for the scaling, you're actually doing day-to-day -day management of the High Touch CS team. So, you know, how do you personally build that and make the time for that in your schedule? It's a good question. You know, it's maybe I'm kind of like a freak of like teamwork, uh, but I think when you build that kind of environment, it just happens. You know, it's it happens, and you just need to maintain it and to keep looking at it. And when you see like once a week, I'm trying to see okay, what's going on? People are working together. Who's working to get some feedback? One of the greatest things uh, we did is we put it to, as one of the competencies mm -hmm. uh, for people to grow. So a CSM can be an amazing CSM with like great KPIs, great targets, hitting all the targets. Everything is amazing. But if they don't contribute to the team, we will go ahead and talk about it. And this is like part of what we expect people to do. And you can see that it just, it works. All those small things together, they work and you don't have to spend too much time on it. It just, you know, it happens, but you must, you know, keep your eye your eyes open you know two weeks ago there was like a basketball game and the denver nuggets coach after winning um, one of those series he talked about culture and he said you know new players are joining the team new um and players are leaving and coming and we need to keep on maintaining that uh, kind of uh, culture and i and i feel it's the same for customer success mm -hmm. and i also think you know in every team you have those CSMs that are the leaders that are the most experienced and people are looking at them. And if it starts with them, it starts with your superstars. If they share use cases, if they help the other CSMs, if they show, show some vulnerability, it starts with them and then it takes all the rest of the team together. So that's also part of it. I love that. I think, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of fantastic ideas in there. And, and it sounds like you're, you're working at the right place then if you're, uh, you definitely sound like a teamwork freak. So <laughs> I think that's, it's perfect for Monday.com. Yeah. And we also have Monday.com that helps us a lot, you know, to true. Uh, collaborate. True. So. It's true. We focused entirely on the human side and, and not on the tooling, but people know how amazing Monday.com is. And if they don't, they should definitely go check it out. Um, last two questions for you. What are you most excited about uh, in 2021? You know, after the bumpy 2020 we had, so I will be very modest with, you know, my expectations <laughs> for 2021. I want to go outside. That's my goal for 2021. Yeah, yeah. So my first thing, you know, on a personal level, I just want to put my kids at school. You know, that's right. like for five days. <laughs> uh, so this is something that I'm, I'm looking forward to. Right now we have only two days, mm -hmm. but I cannot complain. It's better than nothing. So that's one thing. The other thing which is related to work, I want to go back to the office. Right. And we have kind of like a dream that maybe in the summer we can have everyone back to the office. I, I don't know if it's realistic or not, but I think the atmosphere that you can have in the office working with the different teams is amazing. And we are looking forward to get that asset back to us. I could not agree more with, with both of those. So I think those are fantastic goals. My last question for you today that I, that I ask all of our guests, if you were hosting a podcast, um, what product would you want to be sponsored by if it meant you could get an unlimited free supply? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I would, I would say definitely, I don't know if it's a product, but I would, I would like to be sponsored by the NFL. Okay. You know, those tickets are so expensive. <laughs> 
I don't, if I can get like free tickets to all those games. Well, right I, now they have I, no fans in the crowd, so they should just give you like one spot yeah. to go. <laughs> yeah, safe. yeah. And I'm very optimistic that maybe next year it's going to come back. So. Which team is your uh, your favorite? I live in New York, so um, the Giant is always you know something that I'm I'm looking at. Uh, but you know, I love I love the the sport in overall. As yeah. someone who came from Israel four years ago, and I started to look at the football and started to learn, I think it's it's a great one. Awesome. Well, Nir, thank you so much for speaking with me today. I am super excited to share this with everyone. Thank you so much for having me. It was great and super interesting. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a review and share this podcast with a friend or two, or ten. If you want to learn more about Catalyst, visit Catalyst.io. Until next week, I'm Ben Wynn, and this was NPS I Love You. P.S. I love you. <laughs>